Do you have any recollection of a significant conversation with dad, mom, significant adult, coach, etc.? Remember my dad coming? This was a lot of money back in, when I was a kid. Seven dollars, seven one-dollar bills. We're in his bedroom. He's giving it to me as a gift. He says, he's giving me the five ones. He says, those five ones are for you to spend. Candy, toys, whatever. One dollar, we're starting a bank account for you. And this last dollar, I want you to give to God. I want you to put that in the offering plate when we go to church this Sunday. Just a, a significant uh, interaction I had with my dad. It's all stayed with me. So with, uh, with each of my kids, decided, you know, pastor's kids. And so my, my oldest daughter, Hannah, when she was about 12 or 13, sat her down. You know, you're, you're kind of pumped up as a parent for your firstborn, want to do it right, and said, you know, Hannah, I know you're, you've grown up in a Christian home, your dad's a pastor, your mom's really involved, but I want you to know that there's going to come a time when you leave our house that you have to make your own choice if you're going to follow Jesus. You can't follow Jesus just because I'm a pastor and, and so on and so forth. And she's like, yeah, got it, got it. So then you know how your second child, at least I think a lot of parents for me, I mean, you're, you're more relaxed. And so I sat Natalie down and said, you know, started, maybe my memory wasn't quite as sharp and I started telling her the same thing about, you know, you know, Natalie, you're going to leave the home one day, and when, when that time comes, and she cut me off, she interrupted me, and she said, Dad, you've already told me this before. <laughs> I did? Yeah, because you've told me, growing up ministry home, it's going to be my own choice when I leave the home. Okay, good. All right. So anyway, can you, rem- can you imagine any conversation like that? So today, I, thought, I was thinking about New Year's, we're going to go to 1 Chronicles 28.9, and it's a father-son conversation. King David talking to his son, King Solomon. He's about to pass the baton. In one short verse, I think he captures so much that is helpful for us as we start a new year. It's not going to be necessarily something like a specific to-do list at all, but it's more of a, an approach to life. And so it's, it's called a, a whole heart and a willing mind. And it's First Chronicles 28, 9. And let me begin with a short prayer first. Lord, open our hearts to receive your word. Take it into our minds, our souls, our spirits, and let it produce life in us, direction, hope, strength, uh, direction. In Jesus' name, amen. So he starts off here, and you, Solomon, my son, catch that first part. This is a father-son, King David wants, what does a dad want for his son or daughter? Wants him to be happy, wants him to be successful, wants them to, to do well in life. And so keep that in mind, this is a father talking to a son, and he's a, he's a legend, I mean, if the kids are playing on the playground, I mean, Solomon could say, hey, think your dad's special? My dad killed a giant. (laughs) Can your dad top that? I mean, his dad is a legend. He's done it all. And one simple verse, he's giving them just a 
an amazing amount of knowledge. And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father. What's the first word? K-N-O-W. It's not something about obeying. It's not a to-do list. But he says, son, to be successful, know my God. You have to know him yourself. You can't just piggyback onto my faith. It's got to be you, Solomon, your personal relationship. I've loved the Lord my God with all my heart. Solomon, you've seen me fail. You've seen me stumble. You've seen me follow the Lord. But you've got to know him for yourself. You've seen me walk it out before you, but you, Solomon, must make your own choice. Know my God. Know him the same way that I've known him, is what he says, father to son. The word know, it has, you know, what, do you, what, do you, what word do you think of as a synonym for the word know, K-N-O-W? I mean, you could say discern, distinguish, to be aware of, to, to comprehend, to experience, to understand clearly, to detect, to find. The word know, it's kind of comprehensive that you, you have experience. What do, what do I mean when I say he, he knows cars? Everyone knows what a car is. But when we say like he knows cars, we're saying like he knows how to fix them, he knows how they run, he knows how to repair them, he knows how to get under the hood, he knows how to slide underneath there and to fix things. He knows about cars. Every teenager since the foundation of the world might say to mom or dad or some adult, I know, I know, I know that already. And every adult from the foundation of the world will say, no, you don't know. You don't know, you can't possibly know. And all of us, when we're teenagers, we, we think we know, and we do know in a sense. We know as much as a teenager can know, but then when we're an adult, then we like, oh, yeah, I didn't know very much, but now I know much more. That's the, the kind of sense of no. Like for my wife and I, example, I mean, we've been married coming up on 28 years, and I could say when I was engaged, I knew her and thought I knew her very well. And when we, the day we took our vows, I could say I, I knew her very well. But 27, 28 years later, I mean, I comparatively... I know her way, way, way much more as the ups and downs of life and kids and everything else. So knowing it's always a progression, that there are moments in time when you, you significantly come to know each other more deeply. And it's the same way with our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we continue to know him and seek him and pursue him. Number one, know the God of your Father. This year, it's a great year to know God better. My parents, uh, I talk to my mom, and you know, I, I, I'll ask her questions about her and dad. My dad's been gone for a while, and she said, like a significant day, a moment, she came to know my dad better. It was, uh, they were dating and uncertain about the future, and they went to the beach, and my mom began to feel sick. Sick to the point, like, let's, John, let's get in the car, and I need, I need to go home. Get me home as quick as you can. He couldn't get her home as, as fast as she wanted. Pull over to the side of the road. I'm going to be sick. And she, she got out of the car and, you know, was sick all over the side of the road. She said, I don't know if this guy will ever 
after seeing me in that way, if this guy will ever be uh, asking me out again. And you know, she, she talked about that moment uh, that she got home and how tender my dad was toward her that, you know, this could be the man. And that was a significant moment on the journey of, of them becoming husband and wife. In a similar way, I pray that this year has several moments for you and me that we were seeking God to know him better. There's moments that we come to know that he's there, he loves me. If you look to my right, probably your left, the cross there, that's how we, we come to know God's love. 1 John 4, 16 says, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. When we look at the cross, that's how we know God's love for you. That whatever else we question about God, that he shed his blood for us. He died on the cross. So we've come to know, when we look at the cross, when we think about the cross, we've come to know the love that God has for us. Knowing someone, it changes you. Knowing God, it changes you. J.I. Packer wrote a Christian classic book called Knowing God. And it's talking about the, the growth and the process of coming to know God. He talks about four characteristics that characterize us when we, when we really come to know him in a personal and deep way. He says, number one, those who know God have great energy for God. When we come to know God, when you, when you start falling in love with someone, you have great energy to go on dates, to do special things for that person you love. In the same way, we have great energy. We're fired up. We're pumped up. We're excited about God as we come to know him. He does not disappoint us. Secondly, those who know God have great thoughts of God. It captures our imagination. He captures our mind. We, we think about him more often, that God is awesome, God is great, he's worth living for, he makes life worth living for. Nothing is too difficult for him. He can carry us, he can sustain us. He gives me meaning in life. We have great thoughts about God the more we know him, high thoughts about him. Number three, those who know God show great boldness for God. When he captures our hearts, our minds, our imaginations, we have great boldness for God. We want to talk about him. We don't care so much what people think, that we love God, that we're, we're fired up for him, because we know he's worth living for. We know he's more important. He knows he make, we know that he makes the world go round. And number four, those who know God have great contentment in God. Those who who know God have great contentment, contentment in God, that he's satisfying. He fills the empty hole in our hearts. He, he, he gives us satisfaction. We're content. I pray just uh, that we think about how, how do you want to know God? How do I want to know God better? It's a journey filled with moments the same way in a human relationship. How are you, in 2022, going to pursue knowing God? Maybe it's something as simple as picking up a daily bread devotional out at the Connect desk. Maybe it's you deciding that instead of a sporadic 
prayer time, I'm gonna have a, a structured, I'm gonna take five minutes in the kitchen as I'm eating breakfast, or I'm gonna take five minutes on the, uh, on the sofa in the morning just to pray and to really try to connect with God. I'm gonna take five minutes to try to listen to God every day. But to be intentional about how you personally will make time to know God, to pursue him, 2022. Number one, Solomon, know the Lord. Know my God. Number two, serve him. Serve him. Jesus says in Mark chapter 10, he says this, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for men. Most people are taught that if you got your choice to be the boss, the head honcho, or the servant, we're taught to choose, well, I want to be the boss. I want to tell people what to do. Jesus takes the opposite stand. We know he's the king. We know he is the boss, but he says, I'm the servant. I'm not like the boss who just loves to, you know, tell people what to do, but I'm the servant of all. And ultimately, he says, I serve all by laying down my life. That's what kind of leader I am. I'm the leader who sacrifices, who lays down his life for everyone. And for us, if we're going to lead, that's the type of leader that he calls us to be, a servant leader. We are all servants. We are all called to be servants. And if we listen carefully to the stories in, in our world, people find that the greatest joy is in serving others. The great Christian truth of the Bible, everyone finds it to be true that when someone finds a great cause, a great meaning, people to serve, they find happiness and joy and meaning in life. That's a Christian biblical truth that we are all called to serve. And he says, Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. A whole heart is talking about shalom, that you may not be familiar with that Hebrew word, it's Jerusalem, Jerusalem, shalom. It means peace, fullness, completeness. And so it talks about a whole heart. Jesus, when asked the greatest commandment, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. It's talking about completeness. Serve the Lord with a whole heart. We think we can uh, have a whole bunch of equally competing priorities. The Bible always talks about you make God your, your first and foremost priority and every other priority benefits. Serve the Lord with a whole heart. I love the prayer in Psalm 86, 11. If you want to put that up on the screen, it says this, Psalm 86, 11. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Let's all say that prayer together right now. And at home, just sit, join in with us. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. If you want a prayer that just gives 
peace and stability to your heart, gives you direction to your mind. Just pray, Jesus, give me an undivided heart. You benefit and everyone else benefits when you pray a prayer like, give me an undivided heart, Lord. It's a great prayer. Serve the Lord with a whole heart and a willing mind. What in the world do we talk about? Are we talking about with a willing mind? A willing mind is energetic. A willing mind is able to, let's figure this out. A willing mind is engaged, is, is willing to put forth the mental effort, the emotional effort, the, the, the time it takes to like, let's, let's do this. Maybe tough, but let's, let's figure it out. Let's be disciplined. First Peter 1.13, Josh preached through uh, last spring, says this, uh, two different versions up there, the English Standard Version and the NLT underneath that. Just, just the first sentence, it says, therefore, preparing your minds for action. A willing mind is battle stations. Prepare your minds for action, for activity, for energy. Uh, dropping down to the NLT next where it says, um, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. It's diligence. It's, it's self-discipline. It's, it's effort. Your mind, your brain making the, the mental effort there. The opposite of a willing mind would be, I'm just too tired. I'm wiped out. Oh, I've tried that before. It won't work. You just say, it won't work before you've even started. Like, ah, it's not worth it. Or, oh, I just can't figure it out. May as well just keep doing what I've always done. An example would be when we're faced with, we recognize that our, our relationships aren't what they need to be, and we, we know it's a new year, and you know, I, I need to put more, I need to figure out this relationship. How do I connect with my son, my daughter, my parents, my spouse, my coworkers, and I'm gonna have to figure out a way, a new approach to really connect with, with this person or people. And then maybe the boss comes along and says, hey, gives an opportunity for some overtime on, instead of working 45 hours a week, uh, might mean you're gonna work 75 hours a week. An unwilling mind might take, uh, I'll take the 75 hours a week just because, you know, work, I, I know work, and then I won't have to engage in these, I won't have to put forth the effort in these other relationships, but a willing mind says, you know, I'm gonna exercise self-control. Yeah, the money, the extra money would be nice, but we'll be fine, but I really need to make time to invest and to figure out and to put forth the mental and emotional effort to really work on these relationships this year. It's a willing mind. Let's do this, let's figure this out. Let's, let's beat the drums and prepare for battle and let's, let's, let's invest in this, this, these relationships. So what does it look like to serve God with a whole heart and a willing mind? You might be thinking, oh, what's Pastor Dave getting at? All right, I'll be an usher. <laughs> Robin is cheering back there. Yes. All right, I'll serve in kids' ministry. I get where you're going with. 
all right, I'll, I'll sign up for, uh, I'll volunteer with Salt Company. I'll, I'll take your equipping class, Pastor Dave. I mean, all those things are, are noble aspirations. And you could be a greeter, and, and you can kids' ministry is great. But what the Bible is talking about when it says serve God with a whole heart and willing mind is, is a total life, life approach. When the Bible says serve God with a whole heart and willing mind, it means when you go home this afternoon and you have an opportunity to spend time with each other when the kitchen is dirty and there's no one to clean it up, serve God with a whole heart and willing mind is tomorrow at the break room, tomorrow when you show up at the factory, when you're at the office, in your neighborhood. It's a, a whole life mentality. That this is who I am, this is what I do. Jesus has given me his life, and in all my relationships, in all, I'm going to serve God with a whole heart. And, a, and it captures everything. A willing mind and a whole heart with all my relationships with all the people I interact with, with how I do my job. I'm gonna do my job well, because I'm gonna do it with all, a whole heart unto God, like God is my boss. That's what it's talking about. All right, little rap trail. For husband and wife, for your marriage, as we kick off 2022. If you're not married, you can just listen in. I wanna encourage you, Today, husband and wife, for the two of you to have a little conversation and just how can we as a married couple serve God with a whole heart and a willing mind and just put that question, that's your question, how can you do that together? Yes, you can do that separately, but God has made you husband and wife. There's something rich, there's something awesome and strengthening to do that together as husband and wife. That is what God calls you to. That's, what, that's one of the enjoyable things as husband and wife. So I wanna encourage you today, husband and wife, to, to have that brief conversation to how can we as husband and wife serve God with a whole heart and a willing mind together. Now some of you may th be thinking like, tried that before, and my husband will always say, yeah, yeah, sounds good, sure, yes, and then nothing changes, and then it just disappears, and you want me to try that again? Yes, try it again, and I've been guilty of the fine, sure, until I realized that, you know, we don't forget about the things that are important to us and I need to follow through to show my wife that I care about her. Others of you may be thinking, happy wife, happy life. For me to suggest change to my wife means like, she's super defensive and if I try to, if she, she takes it personally and she's gonna like get upset, what do you mean we need to change things? Uh, oh no. For me to suggest any kind of change to my wife means like, I might be sleeping on the couch tonight. Husband and wife, hey, it's a new year. 
have the conversation without being defensive. Everyone's in process, including you and your marriage. All of us have areas to grow. And instead of saying, yeah, yeah, follow through. Even if it's on some, some small way, husband and wife, even like, hey, we're just gonna say a short prayer, we'll take turns. Even in small ways, husband and wife, start the year together. Have a brief conversation, whole heart, willing mind. Let's seek God together for the new year. I encourage you to do that. All right, come back to our sermon. Know God, serve God, welcome God. Let's go on with our verse. Welcome the Lord. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. God knows you better than you know yourself. God knows you inside and out, and he loves you, and he knows everything about you. Psalm 139 says this, amazing chapter. Oh, Lord, you've searched me and known me. He sees right through us physically, emotionally, motives, our, our inner workings, all our, 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 fall, our shortcomings. In verse two, you know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. Is that scary? I mean, he knows our thinkings, he knows our motives, he knows everything. He knows uh, every, every dream, every imagination. Verse three, you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. He's familiar. He knows us like the backside of his hand. Now, verse four, even before a word is on my tongue, Behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. He knows what we're going to say before we say it. In Matthew, in Mark chapter 7, verse 21, he knows all the junk that goes through our minds and our hearts. He says this, Jesus, for from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. And Jesus sees all these things when they go across the screen of our hearts. And he still died for us. He cleanses us. And Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24 says this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God knows us in and out. When David is talking to Solomon, you can leave this verse up. When David is talking to Solomon, he says, the Lord knows everything. He sees you, Solomon, inside and out. And so that's for you and me. He sees us inside and out. So I want to talk for a moment about hiding versus confessing. Ignoring versus being an open book. As we start, we're already an open book to God, so why not say, welcome God? That our posture, the posture of our hearts is always to be, come on in, Lord, clean me out, cleanse me every day. David is saying, Solomon, you want to be successful, just say, welcome. Create me a clean heart. Wash me, cleanse me every day. Let your, let your heart, Solomon, if you want to be successful in life, if you want to be happy, say, Lord, 
see if there be any grievous way, any sinful way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. It's saying, Jesus, clean me out, cleanse me, renew me every day. Confess your sin, make it a habit that your posture of your heart every day is just come on in, Lord. I don't want to hide anything. I don't want to pretend that I don't need you. Cleanse me, renew me, fill me every day. So, starting the year, we say, Lord, I want to know you more this year. I want to serve you the whole heart, willing mind. Welcome Jesus and seek the Lord. Seek him, chase after him. It says this, if you seek him, he will be found by you. St. Augustine says this, great Christian saint, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you, Lord. I'm going to go to Isaiah 55, 6. Isaiah 55, 6 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. The word for this verse is urgency. Like urgency, I need to do this right now. God is always there. A lot of times we may want to put God on hold because other things like are urgent. There are things we've got to do. It's January 2nd. But what the Bible encourages is this. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. He's always near. And start off with some urgency. Like other things can wait. But Lord, I want to know you now. We always think it can wait, that conversation can wait, that prayer can wait, that commitment to God can wait. Maybe not. We don't have an unlimited time on earth. Now is the time. Today is the day. Today's a great day to say, Lord, this year I dedicate to you. If you haven't already, Lord, this year I want to be new in my relationship with you. I want to know you better this year. Seek the Lord while he may be found urgency. Let there be urgency in our hearts. The good promise in Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. The Lord says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God is worthy of all our hearts. The promise is when we are single-minded, when we go for him, we will find him. He will not hide himself. Now, take this in entirety the second half of this, but if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. If you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Ouch, happy new year. Doesn't our sign out front say you are loved? That doesn't sound very loving, does it? Keep in mind, this is a father talking to his son. And he's... David says, Solomon, you got to know the truth. That there's only two directions in life. It's only for God or against God. Son, you got to know that the greatest reality is God. And there is no imaginary gray in between area. You're either for God or against God. You're either living for him or not living for him. There's either heaven or there's hell. There's Satan or there's Jesus. And that's all there is. God is the great question of your life. He is the greatest purpose. He's the greatest meaning. What are you going to do with God? That is the most important question for all eternity. 
And you've got to know, you're either going to seek him or you're going to reject him. You're going to find him or you're going to lose him. It's not hard. You just have to pursue him. But son, you got to know, this is what life is truly about. It's not a game. The stakes are everything. It's eternity. And it's one or the other. There is no imaginary in between, like, I'm not against God, I'm not for God, I'm just doing my thing. There is no such thing. You were created by God and for God, and to God you will return. All of us have to make that decision. And the consequences are eternal. And David's saying, I love you, son, and you gotta know that. I'm not gonna let you, I love you so much, I'm not gonna let you step off into eternity without knowing that. I'm not gonna let you live your life without knowing the greatest truth is that you're gonna live forever in one place or the other. You're for God or against God. Choose God, seek him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. True or false? My life is my own to do with whatever I want. It's my life. True or false? My life is my own to do with whatever I want. It's my life. Oh, it's too early for this. It's a yes or no. In one sense, God, he's made you. You're not a robot. And you have a measure, a great measure of freedom to choose him or to reject him for all eternity. But in another sense, it's not. You were made by God and for God. And you function well. You were designed to seek him with all your heart. And you're blessed as you give yourself completely to him. And the good news of John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. January 2nd, 2022 is a great day to purpose in your heart that yes, I wanna know you, I wanna serve you with a whole heart and a willing mind, I wanna seek you, I wanna welcome you. Our, our verse again, let's take it to heart. And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind for the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. This morning as we uh, wrap up with a final worship song, uh, it's a great day just to, to pray. Uh, I'm going to ask the, the prayer team just to be just only in back. So this morning as we uh, are going to be singing, uh, the front's going to be all open. If you'd like just to come forward just between you and the Lord, uh, come forward, husband, wife, just come forward yourself and just to briefly, uh, you can kneel, you can go over by the cross and just stand here briefly for a moment just as a sign between you and the Lord that I want to know you more. I welcome you. However God has spoken to you this morning, I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, you don't have to be embarrassed. Uh, we want to we encourage each other to chase after God. So uh, 
prayer team will be in back to pray with you about this morning's message, or for any reason you would like prayer for, the prayer team will be in back. So uh, let's pray.